Unable to act directly against Norman's key, the DEA tried to target Leda's pilots and the airstrips he is using to get cocaine into Florida. We'd lie in wait, and when the planes come in, we'd uh, we'd have we'd respond. Sometimes we got lucky and made the arrests and seizures, but more too often, they got away with it because nobody knew about it. All these aircraft were seized when their pilots were caught smuggling. The DEA get lucky when some arrested pilots give up the details of Leda's operation. Now, they have enough evidence for an indictment. Leda is indicted for smuggling, conspiracy, and tax evasion. Now the US government plays hardball with the Bahamas. Later goes, or else. He has been able to dodge uh, a lot of trouble with police and government authorities in the Bahamas by uh, paying bribes and by intimidation. The Bahamian government and the US government finally got together and said, you know, this is it. The big picnic that he'd had there for so many years was over. Frontman Toro gets a call from a Bahamian government contact who lays it on the line. And he says, Carlos has to go. I, I, I can no longer continue. Uh, getting pressure from the uh, United Nations, DEA, the US government, uh, Cuba. We can no longer allow these airplanes coming into the island loaded uh, with cocaine anymore. It's, it's a disaster. Island life was quickly losing its luster other than for business purposes. Jack and Sheldon, with a couple months to kill before having to return to Mississippi to pick up Norman, decided to do some traveling. They knew that the clock was ticking on Norman's key, so their travels would also double as scouting trips for their next place they'd call home. It had been a great ride, but the Bahamian government wasn't going to be able to protect Carlos and crew forever as the international outcry grew to shut down the operation. After spending some time traveling, Jack and Sheldon, at Carlos's request, returned to Norman's Key. The two men had developed almost a brotherly friendship and later wanted Jack to accompany him on a trip to his homeland, none other than Colombia. It was well. always an adventure yes. because they really didn't have the paperwork to be where they were. But whenever there was a question, Carlos would pay off the folk uh, and they did stay in luxurious places. There was one particular trip that Jack talked about where he couldn't bring Sheldon with him. And he really felt bad about it because they were together all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, but she, it was a boy's trip and they left her and he missed her, but he had a wonderful time and, you know, went to Carlos's home of Armenia. Uh, he had some wonderful times there until later when things got really sketchy. We will get to those sketchy times in Colombia shortly, but Jack would soon find out that his little trip to Mississippi was having unforeseen consequences. So there they go on vacation to Mexico, then they get to Normans and they stay at Normans for quite a while and they decide they want to stay on Normans mm -hmm. and they're not going to go back. Uh, to Mississippi, but they find out through some other people they sent to Mississippi to apparently scout out an area to fly drugs into that they were wanted and that the DEA or law enforcement sort of thought it was suspicious, caught on to them. They went and, and they got a search warrant and they went through the safe deposit box, which they really didn't have the right to do. And they went through the suitcase and they found lots of money gold Krugerrands, a little bit of cocaine, but they found what they were looking for. So it was, it was a tough situation. And he really, Jack really couldn't defend himself because he didn't want to go back. 
Soon, both Carlos and Jack were facing indictments in the United States. While the U.S. didn't have the jurisdiction to arrest them on Norman's Key, who knew how long the Bahamian government would hold out before bending to the will of other countries and arresting the men themselves? The decision was made for the two friends to go their separate ways, with Jack and Sheldon, after arranging the return of Norman, setting off on a new adventure. Meanwhile, Carlos, after tying up some loose ends on Norman's Key, can you imagine what Carlos Later's loose ends would be? Uh, sorry, would eventually head home to Colombia. Carlos did have a final word for the United States before getting out of Dodge. Before leaving Norman's Key, Leda has a last message for the DEA who tried to snare him in the Bahamas. He takes pamphlets that says, DEA, go home. And he has two of his pilots fly over Nassau. You know, they were having an Independence Day festival and they dropped the leaflets with $1 bills, thousands of them on top of the people there. As the Norman's Key operation was under increasing scrutiny with word of DEA agents planning to begin undercover residences on the island, Carlos later decided it was time to remove all assets from Norman's Key. Boats and aeroplanes were disposed of and the operation was permanently shut down. Before going their separate ways, Carlos asked Jack and Sheldon to accompany him back to Colombia on a holiday, with a promise that his jet would take them anywhere in the world when they were ready to leave. Their vacation in Colombia would turn into an extended stay. Of course it would. Why wouldn't it? They loaded their favorite things in a, in a few suitcases, not many, and left and, and went to Colombia. And uh, Carlos took care of them in Colombia for quite a while. I know that they stayed in several places. Uh, Carlos wanted them to be safe, and Carlos took care of them. I mean, he, he was a dear friend to them. But then, you know, things were changing down there, and people were being kidnapped, and you didn't even have to be a drug czar. It, it was just not a safe place. Carlos, on top of looking out for Jack and Sheldon in Colombia, would present Jack with a hell of a birthday gift to show how deeply he cared for his friend. So they moved a couple times, and then it was near Jack's birthday in September, and they visited a dairy farm and a home, and it was really beautiful, and then Carlos revealed, happy birthday. This is for you. And I know that Jack was really touched by that, that that was his birthday present. He was totally shocked. And every they had a maid, you know, and a cook, and, and that was commonplace in Colombia, that yeah. he would have this help. And they just really lived a, a luxurious life. But it was time now, things were getting dangerous again. They couldn't go anywhere. A Carlos didn't want them driving anywhere, that if they needed to go somewhere, Carlos would arrange transportation or deliver things to them. And it just wasn't fun anymore. An incident near the end of Jack and Sheldon's stay involving Carlos would be the match that lit a bloody flame in Colombia, leading to thousands of deaths and the advent of the narco-terrorist. A guerrilla group known as the 19th of April Movement, or M19 for short, had created a kidnapping list of the 100 wealthiest and most prominent residents of Colombia. One of their first targets was, you guessed it, Carlos Later. Carlos was shot, you know, kidnapped or held. Uh, things definitely changed. You heard that right. During the kidnapping attempt, Carlos was actually shot and wounded during the struggle. Believe it or not, Carlos played dead until the M19 guerrillas took their eyes off him for a split second, and then he escaped. If you hadn't already figured this out, Carlos later is kind of a badass. This is the moment that the Medellin cartel was truly born. Later rounded up the rest of the cocaine barons and they decided to fight fire with fire. 
They created MAS, also known as Death to Kidnappers, to take down M-19. Shockingly, the Colombian government initially supported the cartel's guerrilla war. Here's a rare audio clip of Carlos Later telling PBS Frontline about the formation of MAS. There was a war between the M-19 guerrillas against some of the new millionaires that were uh, coming out into Colombian society. And what happened was that a list was found with uh, over a hundred names that these people had in mind to kidnap. So the guerrillas wanted to kidnap these hundred people? About a hundred people, a hundred millionaires, uh, and or their families, right? On my personal case, they kidnapped me. I was kidnapped and, uh, and I managed to, to escape. And then I took it very seriously. We fought back and assisted by the military, assisted by the secret police. And, and we fought back for about six months. And most of them eventually end up uh, overseas. Or? Well, I mean, the ones that didn't die. paramilitary groups who were working for the drug lords, in fact, were licensed by the Ministry of Defense. In Colombia, self-defense groups was uh, authorized by law uh, around 10 or 15 years ago. There were uh, groups of citizens that are united to fight against the guerrilla threat, and uh, it was a legal matter. But from a time, uh, from a few months to now, those autodefensa groups have been uh, declared not legal anymore. But was it legitimate for those years to have self-defense forces in the cases of, of the drug lords because they were protecting their land? No, because they were protecting the, 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 their land, their properties, their lives against the threat of the guerrillas. For someone who still is a mystery to most, Jack Reed sure had a knack for ending up around some of the seminal events in drug trafficking history. He's almost like the Where's Waldo of drug smugglers. Needless to say, Jack and Sheldon thought this might be a good time to get the hell out of Colombia. And they decided maybe we should move on. And I know that they dreamed about um, going to the South Pacific and going through the Panama Canal. So they had their sights set on that. So their time in Colombia was limited. It just wasn't safe anymore. So they went to Cartagena for a while and they were looking for somebody that they could catch a ride with. And they, they ultimately found a skipper on this beautiful sailing vessel, the Serena, and they didn't know the story behind it. They just got on board with the skipper, paid him some money. Will you take us, you know, to the, to the Pacific? Yeah, we have to go through the Panama Canal and all that stuff. And it turned out that the boat really belonged to another lady and the skipper shouldn't have been there. And the lads, as Jack would call them, didn't know what they were doing, the help on board. It was really a ship of fools, but they did get to go through the Panama Canal. And he talks a little bit about that in his memoirs, that it was just so gorgeous. And then they fell in love with Panama. And they thought, well, why bother? 
to go somewhere else when we have this incredible beauty in Panama. And they decided to make a life there. But at that point, then Jack and Carlos kind of went their separate ways. So, you know, Jack went to live off the grid and what Carlos was doing in Colombia, he really wasn't in touch with. It's not like he left Panama to go visit him. Hey, what's going on? Um, So no, he didn't speak a lot about that other than it was so dangerous. Was worried for Carlos. It was not safe. We will take a deep dive into Jack and Sheldon's time in the South Pacific, or as we like to call it, Jack's Robinson Crusoe phase next episode. But it's important to put a bow on the domino effect the attempted kidnapping on Carlos later had, not only for Colombia, but for drug smuggling worldwide. I remember driving to work one day with my partner downtown Medellin, and there was a uh, number of police on the street, and the uh, uh, the street was uh, cordoned off, and it had the crime tape all over the area. And as we drove by, we saw a, a body hanging in the tree, and the sign around it had death to kidnappers. M19's leaders are murdered one by one until the terrorists give in. From now on, the drug traffickers are off limits. By setting up MAS, Leda has done more than destroy the kidnap threat. He has created a monster that will plague Colombia for years to come. The light bulb went on and they said to each other, why are we fighting with each other? Why are we competing with each other? Let's ban our talents and our resources and we'll be much stronger and much more capable of shipping cocaine and selling cocaine, distributing cocaine in the United States and perhaps elsewhere. And we'll all make a lot more money doing that. So that is truly how the uh, Medellin cartel was born. Later is now seen by the other traffickers as one of their own, for his skill in getting cocaine to the US market and for defending them in Colombia. He proved himself to the cartel so well that Pablo Escobar knew that there could be people like him or better, but they couldn't trust it. Carlos had already been trusted and tested and they wouldn't look anywhere else. Later was now one of the heads of the Medellin cartel, along with Pablo Escobar and the Ochoas. He was proving to be far more than a one-trick pony, even though his transshipment island in the Bahamas had been shut down. He showed just how ingenious he was when it came to getting coke to his buyers, and it made him rich and powerful beyond his wildest imagination. Norman's Key may have closed down, but later sets up new routes to get cocaine to his dealers. He was the one responsible for moving the loads of cocaine out of Colombia into places like Panama, Cuba, places of that nature in the Caribbean. And the money keeps rolling in. He became ultra wealthy. He had apartment complexes. He had beautiful cars. He dominated not only the social scene, but the political scene. And he did whatever he wanted. Later, he would even start his own political party called the National Latin American Movement based off of, you guessed it, Hitler's Nazi Party. I'll tell you, this guy with the Nazis. With Moss, the cartel even had their own paramilitary group to defend them from those who wanted to do them harm. Carlos and the Medellin cartel were on top of the world, or so they thought. Little did anyone realize that within a few years' time that the cartel would be using MAS to attack their own government in the ugliest chapter in their country's history. 
and Carlos, like Jack Reed, would be hiding in the jungles to avoid arrest and extradition to the United States to face prosecution. Next time on Glamour Profession. <laughs>